Another day, another blockbuster in the NFL. Matt Ryan traded from the Atlanta Falcons to the Indianapolis Colts. Marcus Mariota, the new quarterback in Atlanta, and Jameis Winston signs with the New Orleans Saints. How does that affect all those franchises, teams that did not get their quarterback yet, and quarterbacks that are still out there and available? Free agency trade, draft, and your Twitter questions coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Tons to get into on today's program. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. We're going to fit in some Twitter Tuesday questions. It's been too long since we did a Twitter Tuesday episode. This podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Well, just as we finished recording, Matt, we were talking about the possibilities. Why hadn't anybody done anything with their quarterbacks that were just sitting in limbo that didn't have quarterbacks for their 2022 season? And lo and behold, as tends to happen when we do this (laughs) podcast, when things are moving quickly at the beginning of free agency and trade season, that movement did happen after we uploaded. And one of the moves we talked about that could happen did happen. uh, Multiple moves, actually, that we said could happen, did happen. And it actually ended up being Matt Ryan traded from the Atlanta Falcons to the Indianapolis Colts for a third round pick. Um, there, you know, the compensation of this, the big cap hit it took for the Falcons to uh, to let Matt Ryan go. I mean, is it a net positive for the Falcons? Long term, could it help them by making them worse in the short term, which is something we talked about a while ago. It's like you kind of got to rip the Band-Aid off with Matt Ryan. I kind of applaud the Falcons on that. But man, it is tough to say, okay, we're going to take a $40 million cap hit and we're going to take a third round pick to unceremoniously send our the best player that our franchise has ever had off to the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, let's start with the Falcons then. I mean, in some ways, I think they're doing Ryan a bit of a favor. You know, like, go be on a contender. Clearly, they're rebuilding. I mean, I've mentioned them getting the first overall pick several times. They pick up a a decent draft pick in the process. You know, I mean, they, they, they open up some cap space. They're really set to spend a year from now. This is going to be a really rough year for the Falcons, no matter what happens a quarterback. But a year from now, we might be talking about them as the winners in free agency, and they have the third overall pick, and they're set to get one of these great quarterbacks. So hang in there, Falcons fans. It's going to be a long year, but there is a bright light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I'm sort of interested to see what Mariota can do, but I also feel for him. He's going to be put in a really difficult situation. I mean, chances of him succeeding with those people around him, I think, is slim. I'm a Willis fan. I, I like Pickett. You know, I really am growing fond of Ritter. But I think if I'm the Falcons, I'm not going quarterback with the early picks. I think I'm getting a receiver or a pass rusher building the nest for the next quarterback with mm-hmm. the thought of I might get one of the studs next year. And uh, t- to be honest with you, now that I look about look at this Falcons team, and they did sign Marcus Mariota, two-year contract mm-hmm. that could be really a one-year contract, a $6.75 million, according to Tom Pelissero, with $12 million option for 2023, and he does get a $5 million signing bonus 
uh, with that $1.75 million salary, which is what makes that guaranteed base salary this year 6.75. Then there's a $3 million roster bonus. Falcons love to have those deadline roster bonuses, don't they? They got another one next year now with Marcus Mariota. Fifth day of the league year to pick up, just like they did with Matt Ryan this year. So Mariota will either be cut or traded before that $3 million roster bonus hits on the fifth day of the new league year next March, or they have a bargain in a nice starting quarterback for $12 million. So that's the the Marcus Mariota deal following sending away Matt Ryan. But you said the number three overall pick, you might even be giving them too much credit. Like they, They're going to be in the running for the number one pick in the draft. That's where oh, the Falcons yeah. are. And in the long term, I know it hurts for Falcons fans to watch Matt Ryan go and really just kind of a debacle of an offseason with them trying to get into the... the, the uh, Deshaun Watson thing and now two franchises one did get Sean Wat- Deshaun Watson in the Browns and now the the Falcons both of those starting quarterbacks are like well I gotta go now because you tried to replace me and that's what ended up happening but in the long run if you get that early pick and you hit on a superstar su- next franchise quarterback that's probably uh, you know in a lot of ways going to be one of the better or a, a better prospect than maybe anybody in this draft then you know long term it works out for you but it's gonna be a tough stretch and probably the current regime that's involved might not even have an opportunity to receive those benefits, right? Unless there's some sort of a, a deal behind the scenes to allow these guys to have a, a year that could make them the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, and you know, Coach Smith has a, a, a history with Mariota, although he benched him for Tannehill. Uh, <laughs> that part, but, <laughs> but yeah, I think you draft receivers and, oh, by the way, you might get Calvin Ridley back to either trade or put him on your team. You know, you're going to suffer through a year where uh, you know, first overall is certainly in the in the mix. Top five seems likely, but if you build a few things and you got a young core, and then you're shopping next off season, it, it's all worth it. Marietta knows the offense, so if anything, good placeholder yeah. to help out whoever else needs to learn the offense that they bring in, whether it's a receiver or a quarterback uh, this off season and and next off season. I'm sure they'll be bringing yeah. in a ton of players that got uh, some picks to work with there. So that is the the Falcons. And, and I mentioned how they could be picking number one overall in the draft last year. I want to go to a, a two-part question from Henry here who asked yesterday if this made the Falcons the worst team in the NFL and who became the best team in the NFL this week, if that is the case. And I would say the Falcons right now, I would probably put odds on them picking number one. Matt, who, do you, who would you put odds on picking 32 after what we've seen the last couple of weeks? I think Houston's still in the conversation for worst team in the league, too. I mean, yeah, they don't really right. have any good players. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually starting on my mock draft for next mock draft Monday, and yeah. the Houston Texans come up, and it's like they need everything. So they're, you, everything. You, you throw need out and just draft from the best player in every single round, basically. Yeah, just give me good players. It doesn't matter the position. We'll get to um, who the best team in the league is later. We'll, we'll, we'll focus on that. So let's let's stick with what's going on here with the Falcons. But, yeah, I think you're right. It's Falcons. It's, you know, I think the Jaguars will be maybe even the, even if they spent some bad money. Second-year mm-hmm. quarterback, you know, same with the Jets. Second-year quarterback, they've, they've put together some offseason with some talent. Yeah, they've improved enough to where I think it's got to be Falcons versus Houston for that top pick. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I, Detroit. We'll see how they end up looking. This I think the Bears are a sneaky one, but I don't think they're at that tier. The Giants are always in the equation, but I think all those teams improved that we mentioned. Jets, Giants, mm. Jags. Did the Giants improve? Uh, coach. <laughs> yeah, they, I think they're, the, the coach front office thing got fixed now, but again, it might not be the fruits of that might not be seen for a little bit. I, I think yeah. they might be in the running. I'd maybe put them third, to be honest with you. But they may add Thibodeau and Iquanu, though, you know? That's true. They've got those two picks. If they hit on yeah. those, um, you know, and maybe they can turn things around with a new coaching staff with those quarterbacks. I'm not holding my breath on, you know, on Daniel Jones. Daniel at this Jones, point. right. So, 
Um, I think the Bills are the best, but we got to get to the Colts here too in this trade. Absolutely, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I would still put a chip down for the Bills. They're they don't really have needs. I mean, they could use a corner. I think that'll probably be their first round pick. Uh, they just signed Jamison Crowder. I mean, okay, you know, just adding to the mix. You know, they're they're loaded. Yep, I would say Bills. I would put the Broncos, Chargers, Browns in the conversation. Ravens behind those teams. The Chiefs are, are going to be there. Mm-hmm. But top to bottom, the Bills are the scariest team right now. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I put them 32. Falcons won and Bills 32 if I'm betting on who's picking one and picking 32 in the 2023 draft. Out of Tampa, pretty high. Tampa too, I mean, yeah, returning with Tom. But they're, look, yeah. Tom's still another year older and, and Father Time is undefeated even though it's taken a while with Tom Brady. And they're probably going to be a worse team than they were last year roster-wise. Probably, but they, you know, they've Jensen and Fournette just resigned, and they brought a lot of the same cast back again. Uh, they would probably be my pick in the NFC, although that seems like I'm selling the Rams a little short. Packers got worse. Packers got worse. Dallas has questions. I'm a little bit worried about the guard situation with the. Uh, at least they brought back Jensen at center with Tampa, mm-hmm. but you know Tom Brady. They traded for Shaq Mason, but they need well, another. True. Yeah, yeah, they did yeah. get Shaq. Maybe Mason. they draft Zion got, Johnson or something yeah, like they've that. They've got resources to go there. I'm sure that's exactly what they'll do, just like they did when they plugged that hole at right tackle so well a couple yeah, of years yeah, ago in the draft. Yeah, with worse. Cool. Um, um, so next, let's let's pause here. Let's talk about. The Colts side of this thing, yeah, uh, and then what happened following that? Now the Saints doing the the Jameis Winston thing again, and there's a there's a there's a quarterback that was in the NFC Championship game that might not be starting in 2022, <laughs> and yeah, we'll get to those listener questions as well coming up. It is that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and information. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. I mean, Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks again for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL, Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like this very show. Tons going on in the Locked On Podcast Network. I just saw right before we recorded, there was a crossover pod between Locked On Colts and Locked On Falcons talking about that big swap that happened. So if you're interested to get deeper into that transaction, go check out that podcast after this one. And Matt... What do you think about the Colts sort of accidentally finding themselves in a good place when they yeah. maybe shouldn't have been there, right? The really bad move with Carson Wentz last year, maybe bidding against themselves, ended up giving up their first round pick this year. They ended up, you know, at least saving some sunk costs there and and getting a couple picks for Carson Wentz, sending him early in the process to Washington. More on that transaction in a second as it pertains to other quarterbacks that are out on the market still. And then they're sitting there without their quarterback, still seeing all these quarterbacks go everywhere else. And all of a sudden, boom, Matt Ryan plops into their lap. They get a legitimate, really good starting quarterback, as good of an option as they were going to get for a third round pick, which is less than uh, than what they got for Carson Wentz. 
and they have, you know, they, they don't have to take the cap hit. The, the Falcons took that $40 million cap hit for him, so they don't have a, a signing bonus in this. They've got to pay him his $25 million salary this year, and then next year he's got another roster bonus, and if they keep Matt Ryan for year two, it's $29 million, which at this point is kind of middle-of-the-road starting quarterback money. Yeah, I mean, so in the end, they turned Carson Wentz into Matt Ryan, a third-round pick, and $5 million in cap space. I mean, and then I'd the, rather have Ryan than Wentz, you and, know, for the year. I and mean, maybe flipped, uh, they flipped Rocky Sin for Ngakwe, which is a net positive. And that they've too, really done right, nothing yeah. else in free agency, but that alone starts to look pretty good all of a sudden. Yeah, those two moves make you a better football team this year and immediately. Um, I still think they need a receiver that can get downfield. Or two they, or three. The left tackle spot's a hole right now, and the Fisher's coming back or what, but they don't have a first-round pick. But I think this is a high-quality team. This is a potential playoff team, potential division winner. We know what they're going to do. It's going to be so much Jonathan Taylor. And, you know, I think Pittman gets a fantasy boost as well and good defense. They have pass rushers now, as you mentioned. Drafted their first two picks last year were pass rushers. You already have Buckner and Leonard and those guys. And, I mean, amazingly, yet again, the Colts are going to have a new opening day starter for, I think, the sixth year in a row. But this, I think we've seen this show before. I mean, it's the Phillip Rivers to the Colts move. <laughs> yeah, so going back to, I think it's 2016, 15, they've had a new yeah. starting quarterback every single year. It was crazy. Yeah. Andrew Luck. Then Luck was injured all year, so it was Scott Tolzien was the starter. Then it was back to Andrew Luck. Then he retired. Then it was... Philip Rivers. No, then it was Jacoby Brissett. Then it was yeah, Philip Rivers. Yeah. Then Carson Wentz. And now Matt Ryan. So what is that? Eight straight years with a, a new starting quarterback from That's the year insane. before. But I think they're a better team now than when we saw them last. You know, I mean, I, I think they can win with Matt Ryan. I think it's, he's got to be excited about it. You know, good offensive line, good running game, dome, you know, weather's never really been his best friend. You know, I mean, it's a, a nice soft landing that where a ton won't be expected of him. I think he's a better quarterback than what they had last year, you know, and maybe even better than NDA career rivers, but similar, you know, so uh, are they a powerhouse? No, but uh, you know, they get hot in the playoffs and win 10 games or something. I think the culture in a good spot. Then since the new Orleans saints, uh, I, I get, they couldn't have really been in on Matt Ryan. Right. So I don't know why they waited no. until after the Matt Ryan stuff, but you know, it was kind of, you know, the writing was on the wall after the Watson thing, even though I was wondering, and we wondered aloud yesterday, why wasn't Winston already signed with New Orleans? Well, now he finally has. Two-year contract for Winston with the Saints, $28 million, $21 million of that guaranteed. So low-end starter money, but clear starter money for two more years. They liked what they saw in the first few games with Winston, and he played really well. They were off to a 5-2 and two start last yeah. year, and they had cleared enough space to do something at quarterback. Now they have done it. I don't think they have enough money to bring back Teron Armstead, but you know who might was the team that had the most... Uh, cash to spend in free agency, which was the Colts, and they still, I think, have enough to do a deal. Is that their left tackle? Did they go Teron Armstead now to protect their investment? Do they go reunite Matt Ryan with uh, with with Julio Jones, who has been cut by a division yeah. rival? So there's some interesting moves, and the even though the Colts had a slow start to free agency, they still got the, the resources and the money, and there's still some top-end players that they could really go get this thing. Yeah, yeah. I, everyone knows I'm a Winston fan. My hunch is they've kind of had a handshake agreement since day one uh, and maybe just took a little longer for us to all know it. But, that, I mean, that's just my hunch. I'm sure they were in on Watson. Um, could they go pick it at 18? Possibly. 
Uh, I think that's also receiver or left tackle for them. But I like it. I almost mentioned Armstead when we were talking Colts, but I didn't because I think he's visiting the Dolphins as we speak. Um, he's clearly the best free agent on the market. And I think the Colts would be smart to give him a, the Trent Williams type deal. And that's not really the, what they do. They don't like to spend on one big free agent. But in this case, without a first round pick, I mean, think how good that line would be with, you know, with him and Nelson and those guys. I mean, oh, that's yeah. what I would be doing if I were the Colts. Right. Yeah. Have an efficient passing game. You're going to have to add some talent uh, at receiver where, you know, they can do that in the second round if they need to. It's harder to find a, a starting left tackle once you get into the second round, even if there is some good players there. Usually it's developmental. It might take a little while. You can't expect to plug a guy in. So you want to plug the guy in. That's your guy, Armstead. And, and really making that a powerhouse left side of your offensive line. And that'd yeah, be a good group. Lean yeah. on that I running think game. Jonathan Taylor and Ryan would appreciate Armstead. Oh, I think a, a little bit. I think just a little yeah. bit they would. <laughs> and look, Matt Ryan is not the quarterback you want to own in fantasy this year, and he really hasn't been uh, for a little while, and probably even more so with that offense being, uh, I assume, pretty darn run heavy, but it clearly makes the Colts a better football team. It's funny. Ryan and I recorded a Locked on Dynasty last night, and I want to get your – I've been meaning to ask you this. I'm glad you brought up fantasy because I would have forgot. For redraft, please rank fantasy – Ryan Mariota Winston. Oh, <laughs> maybe Mariota because they're going to be, I don't know who's going to be catching balls there. I mean, they, they that might be, pick, right. they might draft the first receiver in this, in this draft in the top 10. Um, but you know, I Kyle went, Pitts, I Winston, Mariota, Ryan. I think Ryan's last. Not that he's a bad pickup. He's just never going to run, you know. Yeah, and I just think the running ability for Mariota, I think a team that's going to be behind throwing the ball a lot. I mean, my answer is uh, Kyle Pitts. Give me Kyle Pitts because he's going to be the focus of that offense, and they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. But Mariota with his running ability and a team that's going to be throwing from behind a lot. I think he's the sneaky pick there, and he will be the last of the three drafted probably, maybe. Ah, maybe not. Probably. Uh, yeah. he'll, he'll be very cheap and easy. Uh, I wouldn't want to be leaning on any of them, though. But, you know, look out no. for Jameis Winston. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think Winston's, especially if the Saints use a first-round pick on a receiver, I think that's an appealing, you know, backup yes. fantasy guy. I can't see Ryan ever being a decent producer. He's going to be like Ben or Rivers at the end. You know, I mean, that that's tough. I mean, they might create wins. Um, Mariota, you just hope they don't draft Willis, you know, and he gets benched right. halfway through. You <laughs> hope they give him Drake London or, you know, somebody like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be a starting quarterback in 2022. Yeah. I put this question out on Twitter right before we started. Has there ever been a quarterback in the AFC or NFC championship game, a legitimate starting quarterback, not a quarterback that was an injury replacement or anything like that, that didn't start for any team the following year, that didn't retire or something? I can't think of one. I'm drawing a blank. This this is an oddball it's situation odd, yeah. for Garoppolo. And there's a couple of uh, – there's been the rumors that John Lynch maybe had some draft picks in hand that were offered by a team, but clearly it's not any of the teams or he didn't like the – picks that were offered which seems odd if he had at least a second round pick for jimmy you would think he would have taken that i have a hypothesis and i've heard some whispers behind the scenes i can't really reveal any you know solid sources to say this is exactly what happened i think this is what happened early in early in the the free agency period or you know in the in the trade period washington was active first went and got carson wentz i think Mm -hmm. the offer that the 49ers had was from washington and it was the first offer 
and it wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo's preferred destination. So I think Jimmy and his agent might have turned down that pick, not necessarily the 49ers going to Washington. Then all of a sudden, dominoes started falling, and that quarterback market dried up. So whether it was John Lynch who said no to a deal, whether that deal existed ever, or whether it was Jimmy Garoppolo that said no to the deal, uh, I think all parties are currently regretting that decision. Boy, that makes a lot of sense. And thinking of it through Washington's eyes, I would rather have spent that those draft picks on Jimmy than Wentz. And it was about the offer that I thought the Niners could get from Garoppolo yeah, when this yeah. whole thing started. And then you start to see it dwindle. I think it's pretty much down to the Panthers or nothing. And do the Panthers, I mean, the Panthers, didn't the Panthers basically, and the Panthers have been like last on all of these teams in, in players' lists, unfortunately for the, right. the Panthers. And they've so clearly needed to do something at quarterback, but they've got that Sam Darnold guaranteed money. And didn't they basically after the season say, oh, well, we screwed that one up right it wasn't that kind of what they said about the Darnold thing it really seemed like well they definitely aren't going to go with Sam Darnold so now they just have to overdraft a quarterback at pick six in the draft or can they work out a deal with the 49ers and and, and the last spot to, to maybe upgrade it at a starting quarterback with with Jimmy G there maybe even attach pay part of um Darnold's salary to get the Niners to take him off the books or half the salary off the books. Then you have a a $9 million backup for the 49ers. Maybe both sides can make that work instead of trying to pay two quarterbacks at once, which is probably not feasible. I don't know. You have to squint pretty hard to try to find the fit there now for both the Panthers and Jimmy Garoppolo. And so maybe they're the last ones at the dance and they have no choice but to dance with each other. Right. And I think you have to incorporate Baker Mayfield in that conversation too, because Oh, right. like yeah, Baker Mayfield, and, I completely forgot about Baker Mayfield still sitting yeah. out there. And there was I mean, a, I think there's two seats, you know, in the musical chairs in Seattle and Carolina, and there's two quarterbacks in Jimmy and Baker. Um, my hunch is when it's all said and done, Baker's a Seahawk and Jimmy's a Panther. But I also think that there's, you know, not the urgency from the buying teams mm-hmm. in that I, I, I honestly think there's a chance Baker gets cut here soon and then somebody goes and signs him as opposed to giving a pick for him. Um, and then I think that would leave Jimmy in Carolina as obvious choices. And that wouldn't be bad. If I'm the Panthers, I wouldn't be thrilled about taking Willis that high. I'd much rather take Cross or somebody like that mm-hmm. and, and you know live another day for the quarterback spot. I also think there's an outside chance that Jimmy is – the Sam Bradford, and what I mean by that is when Bridgewater tore up his knee for the Vikings, they made an immediate call to the Eagles, who had just drafted Wentz, and they gave a first-round pick, which was too much for right. Sam Bradford. You know, like somebody might get hurt, or you know, some you could always call him and be that fallback guy. Yeah, and the 49ers can fit Jimmy under the cap. They already started the new league year with him. Uh, they seem pretty dug in on not cutting him, so. Mm-hmm. Maybe a healthy Jimmy, all of a sudden, early July, he's throwing. Your doctors could look at him and be like, yeah, he's cleared. Right. Let's go. Your quarterback got hurt. Maybe Jimmy has more value in July than he does in March, which would be kind of odd. Even, you know, and maybe a team or, or maybe around the draft, a team that thinks they want to do something at the quarterbacks or wants to see how they fall at least. Let that happen first. So there's still I mean, maybe some a team like the Giants and they, they start working with Daniel Jones and be like, this guy's not good enough. Or <laughs> yeah, the new coaching you know, staff says Miami no, let's with not two do or, you know, whatever. Like right. you know, a new staff gets their hold their hands on a quarterback and says, man, I, I, I don't want him. Give me Jimmy. I mean, or the Steelers or I, I don't know, Washington. I mean, uh, you know, who knows? Um, one last name can. that's been forgotten, though, is Jordan Love. Is he going to get traded? 
it doesn't sound like anybody's keen on giving him that shot. No. And I wonder no. what the asking price is, because if the asking price is high, he's just such a complete unknown. You know, if you're offering. Right. I'm offering a three. I, I can't yeah. give you a one or a two. Oh, no, I, like maybe a four or five. I think. Right, right, right. Yeah. But if I were Atlanta, I'd give you a three or four. Yeah, that would make sense. A team that has extra picks, the the Seahawks maybe. Yeah, 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 100%. And maybe that's a draft day move. You know, the guy that you wanted in the second round, you do something in the first round, second round, the quarterback you were hoping falls to you, doesn't fall to you. You know, you swap a a third or fourth round pick for Mm -hmm. Jordan Love on draft night. You liked Ritter or Howe, but he didn't quite get to you, so you get another young guy. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, let's get to more of these Twitter Tuesday questions coming up. The ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's pretty much impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need for your specific vehicle. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, you know, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? You have computers at your fingertips that can access rockauto.com at home or even in your pocket. So save time and money using Rock Auto. Don't spend that extra 30, 50, even 100% more on chain store parts or at the car dealership when you can get it at rockauto.com for example for that honda odyssey i mentioned earlier fuel pump at a chain store you're looking at 350 bucks you can get it for 216 dollars the same part at rockauto.com so go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck you can write locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com how about your guy Juju, Matt? This is from Ballgame2132 on Twitter. He says, longtime listener and Chiefs fan, it would be cool if you gave your perspective on a pod this week on Juju fitting with the Chiefs offense. I think you guys missed him on two, on today's episode, uh, talking about yesterday's episode when we talked yep. about some of the later signings. A lot more important happenings lately, but still would be a good quick thought to hear. So what do you think? Give Ballgame2132 the lowdown. What are the Chiefs getting in Juju Smith-Schuster? Yeah, my apologies. Should have done this earlier. Glad he called me out. Uh, folks always call us out if there's something we should have got to and didn't. Here's Juju. Um, a little bit immature, you know, TikTok and whatnot. Came in the league extremely young. Rare prospect in terms of age coming in the league. He is tough as nails, though. I mean, he came back last year because the Steelers were in the playoffs and really shouldn't have. I mean, he is a very physical guy. Like, for example, if they were – as a blocker, they would rather have Juju block than Ebron. And, like, he is a tough dude that leaves everything on the field. His teammates like him a lot. Roethlisberger liked him because of that. Um, he's really just a slot, though. He's kind of a power slot. He certainly isn't the Welker type. He's more of a power slot, close to the ball, that can handle that physicality. Um, press coverage has always given him a hard time, which is why the slot makes more sense for him. You'll look at his average depth of target and yards per reception. They're awful. Um, He is going to be a close to the line of scrimmage receiver, but I blame Ben more than I blame Juju for those numbers. I mean, Ben just got it out of his hands. He didn't want to get hit. You know what I mean? So if you look at early in his career, not that he's super fast, he did break some 80 yarders and things like that. And he has some after the catch ability. Not a typical Chief type guy. I mean, frankly, he's closer to Kelsey than he is Tyreek. Yeah, I was going to say that. He, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. You're, it sounds like a move tight end that you're 
that in you're way, talking about, yeah. and, and you can get a you can gain an advantage in the run game because him blocking uh you know a small slot defensive back is, right, is right. an advantage for your offense because he's a physical wide receiver. I know he doesn't have the top speed, but does he still have the quicks to to separate in the in the short and intermediate level? Yeah, I mean, like frankly, I'll be targeting Juju in fantasy. Like people will think of him as this the version we've seen the last year or two with this decrepit Steeler passing game and his injuries. I mean, he's going to have a lot of single coverage. I'm sure he'll make some more big plays in KC than he will did the last couple of years here. He's a high-quality player, and unlike what they really have. And it's interesting from the Chiefs' perspective, and I think they're sort of trying to figure out their offensive game plan when teams are taking away the deep ball, and they need to get the ball out of right. Patrick Mahomes' hands Good quicker point. and not getting him hit all the time and have a little bit better quick game if teams are taking everybody away deep and then have a bracket on Kelsey, you know, where are you going with the football? So I think that's sort of the direction this offense is going right now, and they're still going to have the opportunities to go deep, but they need to get better in the short game. I think that's a good answer for their problems, too. Yeah, I think it's a perfect fit for if yeah, that's yeah. The, the, the style of game you want to play. And they've had enough speed and little guys. You know, get some physicality in there at, at receiver. Mm-hmm. Run the ball a little better. You know, attack the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. No, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> CC Ryder, I'm not even going to let you answer this one. He said, could the Steelers potentially have too many good free agent signings limiting them in uh, who they take in the draft? That is some that is some Steeler-covered glasses there from CC Ryder. No <laughs> doubt a Matt Williamson we don't even need to go to the draft. Yeah. 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 Just give up your picks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pass them out the charity to some some teams that are more needy for those draft picks because the Steelers are perfect now with Mitch Trubisky. Um, <laughs> a Hendricks says, "Gents, I'd be curious to know what goes on in a free agent visit. I assume the player is wined, dined, and shown around the facility. Is he ever in the room during negotiations? Is there a team from both sides constantly negotiating? Uh, I think it's uh, my answer for this. And Matt, you've been in buildings, so you'd know better than I. But I think it depends. Like, are you the free agent?" that's getting a private jet sent for you and they're whining and dining you and trying to talk you into how you're going to fit in their system or are you a free agent off the street who they have come in and and you're working out with 20 other guys and you're trying to earn a spot and run a 40 and impress and and stand out because they're trying to find the the 53rd guy or the 90th guy in the training camp roster yeah yeah i mean obviously those guys i mean during the season they bring in free agents all the time too that are just coming in and doing a little workout Really, what you're doing is getting medicals on them. Make sure these, their knees are fine mm-hmm. and things like that, too, before you sign them to the practice squad or bottom of the roster. I think you're asking more of the recruiting spiel, though, you know, bringing right. in a high-profile guy. Uh, I won't claim that this is my area of expertise. I never organized that stuff. I did with high school recruits, and it's a much different story. Um, but there's far fewer of them than ever. I mean, remember when these guys used to – I go to Atlanta, then I'm going to New York, and then I'm going to Chicago. And it was a big deal that you never want to let that guy out of the building. You always had a contract ready for him to sign. You know, I think there's a lot less of that, and I think it's a good, you know, good result of the COVID situation. Is I don't need to travel all over the country to see these things, um, but you definitely have a meal or two with them, show them around. You definitely want your position coach to spend a lot of time and have a lot of X's and O's talk personality i mean really i think more of draft prospects as visitors now than i do free agents rumbling stumbling 49 says it's starting to feel like 
the fourth season in some 13-year-old's Madden franchise mode with all the quarterback shuffling. Crazy offseason by any standard. And I agree. I don't know if your sons uh, play Madden. Uh, I wonder what his franchise looks like. And and sometimes uh, back in the day when I'd play Madden, I would think, you know what? I'm not going to do this because this seems unrealistic. And I think in real life right now is even more unrealistic than what I was doing in Madden uh, when I was a teenager. Yeah, right. I mean, these last couple quarterback movement years, I remember a year ago, Schefter said, there could be 18 teams with new quarterbacks end up being like 14 or 15, you know, and this year, what is there? Maybe a dozen teams that have a different, you know, a new quarterback. And, but the deals, the Watson and Wilson trades are unprecedented. Yeah. I mean, I don't know much to add. It's not really a question. Uh, I mean, it's just an observation, I guess. Yeah. I mean, but he's right. It's, it's bonkers and the NFL never sleeps and they, they know how to entertain their fans. Matt, is there there can't be this much movement again, right? Was it smart for teams to get in on their quarterback in the last couple of off seasons with so much movement, and last year with a bigger, uh, a better rookie class of quarterbacks? And are teams that aren't drafting maybe high, if there's a you know, depending, we'll see what this class ends up looking like. You never really know. I mean, we were talking about uh, Rattler and Howell as being the first pick in the draft yeah, potentially right, right. at this point last year in the 2022 draft, and so that doesn't really ever uh, happen as we think. But I can't see that much movement happening again with the guys at the top and some players retiring. Did the teams that didn't get a quarterback this offseason, are they going to be hurting to try to find that guy next year? It's a good question. I mean, every year are we going to have a Wilson or a Watson? I'm not talking about the the off-the-field arrests and things, but I mean – big name guy that wants to leave. I mean, Kyler Murray comes to mind, you know, next year we're going to be talking about who's trading for Kyler Murray. I mean, we can have one of those every year. Maybe JDS says, which receiver would you realistically be there for at pick 22 and be a good fit for the green Bay Packers? I think these guys are going to go a little faster than people realize, to be honest with you, the, the wide receivers, there's a lot of landing spots early on. You know, we talked about Atlanta and teams like that that you wouldn't think. Um, I don't think Wilson gets there. I don't think London gets there, although I'm not the biggest London fan in the world. I think Alave's a real I think Alave's the I think Alave's the perfect fit. I mean he's yeah. he's a dynamic downfield guy. He is a, a you know, he's a grown man. He's been to, he, he's he was the guy that Jameson Williams and uh and Garrett Wilson talk about who helped them in college. You know, he's the big brother right, to those right. guys. Like he's ready to step in and be on a team that can win some games in the NFL. Unlike maybe some of the other receivers. And we've seen how receivers can, can sometimes take some, some time in the NFL to develop. I think Olave is the easiest plug and play that will be available for the Packers. And I think for the Packers, they probably got to pick it, pick one at 22 rather than waiting at, at pick 28, even though they've got two first round picks and who knows, maybe both those picks and, you know, get one guy like Olave. And then if Traylon Burks, falls a little bit because you know mm-hmm. his, his poor athletic testing numbers at the combine you have two very different guys and, and maybe even go back to back wide receivers I wouldn't hate that but if there's a team that really wants a wide receiver they know they got to get up to 21 in front of the Packers yeah I, I I think Williams will be gone by then too you know even though he is injured and I think that to your point Green Bay needs a guy they can start week one you know considering how bad their receivers are mm-hmm. and Alave to me is a plug and play type of guy uh, if by chance you're looking at one of 28, I would also throw Jahan Dotson out there from Penn State. You know, I think that 22 is too early, but 28, I can start to understand it. And day two is loaded with them, but um, 
I think these guys are going to go a little faster than you think. It wouldn't be shocked if there's four off the board when they pick already. If there is a crazy run on receivers, how about the small school guy, Christian Watson, sneaking in at maybe pick 28 to the Packers and getting into the end of the first round? I mean, he put up crazy numbers Possibly. at the combine yeah. and, and was really good at the at the pro day, or I mean, at the uh, at the senior bowl too, which is really important for those small school guys to show they belong with the big dogs, and he definitely did. He definitely did. I mean, drops are a bit of an issue for him, but he's certainly the prototype long lean outside the numbers downfield guy uh the other two names i would put in that same tier are sky Moore from western michigan uh more of a slot but a lot sturdier good after the catch and george pickens you know from georgia Mm -hmm. i I think the teams realize what he was pre-injury which is a first round type player and that might be what you're getting in him yeah, I mean, if guys like Pickens and Watson are there in the second round, I, and I just think recently we've seen so many really good players in the second round there. I look at T. Higgins with uh, with George Pickens. I really feel right, like that's right. the comp there. Like, he gets out of the first round, but then you're like, well, he was just kind of as good as the rest of the guys that were in the first round. You know, we don't, we don't need to fight for it when we can get a really good player in the round two. So I still think the the run will be late round one into early round two more so than early round one because I think teams will – focus on the trenches early. That's the vibe I get, but I'm still building out my mock draft, so we'll see how that looks on Monday. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of receiver landing spots, though. I mean, Philly absolutely could take one with one of their three. The Saints, Steelers are a sneaky one. I mentioned the Falcons. I mean, there's a lot of them. Houston could take anything. So I'm sure when you start mocking, you'll realize that some of these receivers have a lot of spots they could land before you even get to Green Bay. Um, the other name I'd mention too is Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama. Looks like a surefire second round pick. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I will say that every team needs three wide receivers. And with yep. how much they're getting in free agency, you might as well draft a guy in the first round. You know, there there's a, there's a premium put on those on those playmakers and those wide receivers right now in the NFL. And passing games are definitely not going anywhere. Yeah, I look at like Jamison Williams and think if I can have that guy for four and a half instead of five years as a cost controlled first round pick. Uh, he's worth the, you know, the 15th pick all day long. Especially if you're a team that doesn't need him as much right away. Like I look at the team, like I want the, the Steelers to take him. Well, <laughs> Don't <yeah>. tell anyone. <laughs> That'd be a good fit. I mean, I think that's right around the area he goes. Uh, right, right. You know, I mean, if he got all the way to 32, say, I mean, perfect for the lions. They don't care if he's ready week one in 2022. Right. Exactly. Right? exactly. Um, right. But the, the thing is, the, the teams that Juju, they can stomach it, or yeah. you know, the teams at the end of the round kind of tend to want now players more so than the earlier part of the round too. So we'll see True. how that True. ends up affecting guys like Jameson Williams and some other players that uh, hurt late in the process, like uh, Ojabo too. I wonder what that'll do for him. He might be there later uh, in the first round or even in the second round than we expect. Yeah, I don't think he goes in the first round anymore. I mean, blew out an Achilles. You know, now that's all that might be the whole year, right? And it's guaranteed not to be ready to start the season for sure. So, no right, camp right. if anything comes back for half the year. Yeah, that's a tough one for him. All right, we got to get out of here. Rounder. Let's get to the rest of these questions throughout the week. I kind of want to do a little segment of of Twitter as in as many podcasts as we can the rest of the off season, Matt. I think that could be fun. So, uh, yeah, I'm every, all for it. Okay, let's do that. Everybody out there, 
Keep those questions coming. They're not just for Tuesday at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making us your first listen for your second listen. Check out Matt doing Locked On Dynasty. Uh, I'm doing Locked On 49ers here on the network. If you're not a 49ers fan, shame on you. But you can find the podcast for your specific team, no matter the sport, right here on the network. Locked On NFL Draft also coming at you daily. And it is draft season now that the initial wave of free agency is over. We're going to get into more of Matt's top fives coming up as well linebackers corners and safeties i think this week and then we'll be off and running with some you know pro days and all kinds of draft news as we get ready for the 2022 nfl draft matt and i back tomorrow right here peacock and williamson